We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. It is a game day, Lakers versus Suns tonight. Big matchup. I'm going to get into why. But first, obviously, you guys can see I am back in my normal studio. Editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkan and I had a great time recording out in Las Vegas at Blue Wire Studios. A lot of fun. Can't wait to get back out there for Summer League. So, Let's dive into where the Lakers are at currently in the standings. Obviously, losing that game to the Clippers was not ideal, but here's the spot it's put them in, right? So the Lakers currently are sitting in the seventh seed, and I'm predicting that's where they're actually going to finish now. Unfortunately, losing that game to the Clippers took the ability out of the hands of the Lakers to move into the playoffs. They can't do that without help. In fact, what has to happen is the Golden State Warriors need to lose a game, and the Lakers need to win out. Now, the Warriors, they're going to play the Blazers the final game of the season. The Blazers are tanking. So, realistically, the best shot the Lakers have of the Warriors losing a game, it's tonight when they take on the Sacramento Kings. However, Sacramento has listed everyone as questionable, essentially, their entire roster as questionable. So, there's a good chance that the Kings just don't play anybody against the Warriors and essentially concede defeat before the game even starts to Golden State, which would mean that the Lakers, the best they could finish, even if they went out, would be seventh. Now, there is the possibility that the Kings have something to play for. It's going to require Memphis losing, so the Kings have a chance to potentially move up to the two seed. They do have the tiebreaker with the Grizzlies, but it does look like a, a long shot for that to happen. Now, Memphis is playing the Milwaukee Bucks a few hours before the Kings and Warriors tip off, so that will give the Kings an idea of whether or not they actually have a shot at the two seed heading into their matchup tonight. So there's a lot, obviously, that's interconnected here. The Bucs, I know you hear Milwaukee Bucks, you go, oh, well, they definitely can beat the Grizzlies. Well, the Bucs are going to be resting everybody because they, they have locked up the one seed. They've locked up the best record in the NBA, so they don't have a reason to play their guys tonight. So we get some wacky stuff late in the, in the NBA calendar like this. Once teams have locked into positions, they rest guys as they should. But unfortunately for the Lakers, that could result in the best case scenario being the seventh seed. And it feels like that's probably where we're going to wind up. You never know. I mean, it's certainly possible that the Kings bench could go out there and have an incredible game and, and beat the Warriors. Or maybe the Kings reverse course and they decide to play on all their guys. You just never know for sure what's going to happen. But it appears the most likely outcome here is the Lakers, their best case being that they finish in the seventh seed. And, and that's definitely important 
I think it is an important outcome here for the Lakers that they do get the seventh seed because then not only are you in a double elimination scenario, if you are seventh or eighth, you have to lose twice to get out of the play-in. But if you're the seventh seed, you're also guaranteed home court for both of those games, which I do think matters. I think the most likely outcome that we're going to see is the situation that we're in right now, where it's going to be Lakers, and then it's either going to be Pelicans or Wolves. What I think is going to happen is that the final game of the season, it's Wolves versus Pelicans, and that game will determine who is the eighth seed. That is assuming the Lakers can win out. They are playing tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Suns may be resting everybody. The Suns played last night against the Denver Nuggets, got a win, and they were a, a bit coy about whether or not they would be playing their guys tonight. I would have to imagine since they are locked into the four seed, they may be resting some players as well, or at the very least, be playing the limited minutes. So it could be an opportunity for the Lakers to get a win tonight. Then if you can finish off the season with a win against Utah, that would lock you into the seventh seed and guarantee home court in the play. And now should the Lakers lose one of those two games, we could see a three-way tie, and that could push the Lakers down to eighth if we get a three-way tie with the Pelicans and the Wolves. And in fact, if it is a three-way tie and the Wolves defeat the Pelicans on the final game of the season, that would actually move Minnesota up to seventh, the Lakers to eight, and the Pelicans to nine. So again, if the Lakers don't win out, uh, they are very likely going to be on the road in the first round of the play-in, which is certainly not what you want either in New Orleans or in Minnesota, depending on how you got to that tie, the most likely way to get there, of course, would be the Wolves beating the Pelicans, which again would put you in Minnesota for round one of the play-in, which again, you would much rather be at home if you're the Lakers. So still something to play for, even if it seems like the sixth seed is a long shot. It is in play, though. It's up to the Sacramento Kings tonight to hand a loss to the Golden State Warriors. All right, so that's where things are. I know it gets complicated, it gets confusing, but that's also part of the brilliance of this NBA season. It's been so, so compact. There have been so many teams in the West specifically that have had opportunities to move up, to move down. It's kept things interesting all the way throughout, and it's going to be that way through the remainder of the season. Again, the only way the Lakers can lock in that seven seed is by beating both the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz. So we'll see if they can do that. All right, I do have a bunch of uh, fan questions and comments left over from the unfortunate loss to the Clippers. As you can imagine, most of the comments are not super happy after that loss. I've got a lot of thoughts on that game now that I've been able to kind of digest and process it a little bit more. I spent a day in the air uh, traveling and, and doing all of that, getting back. By the way, that's why this, this podcast is coming out a little bit late. Frankly, I was exhausted after the, uh, the Vegas trip, so just getting into this now. But let's dive into it because I think there's some interesting stuff that we need to get into here. Jordan said, let them shoot open threes. Great game plan. Jordan, I don't think that was necessarily the Lakers' game plan defensively. I, I very much believe that we saw some extremely heavy legs from the Lakers. And uh, and as, as you would expect, it's the unfortunate part isn't necessarily that they had heavy legs. Like you knew they would going into that game. The Clippers had three, four days to prepare specifically for the Lakers, didn't have to play any games in that stretch. They were as healthy and refreshed as you're going to be. Obviously, they're missing Paul George, but that Clippers team was very well rested. You knew the Lakers were not going to be. The unfortunate part, beyond what happened in the standings, is that you pushed down on the gas pedal. You played LeBron, you played D'Angelo Russell, you played Anthony Davis, and didn't get the result. So it wasn't worth the, the gamble. It did not pay off for you for the Lakers. But that was not the game plan. I think that the Lakers, you saw it. They had had some issues trying to close out 
They had some problems um, just with their energy, their their intensity on the defensive end of the floor. And a lot of that was just due to uh, fatigue. Uh, Zagata, Darvin Ham needs to go after this season. Yeah, every time the Lakers lose, there's a lot of anti-Darvin Ham sentiment. And I'm not saying it's not warranted, but I, I just want us to understand that that's pretty common in the NBA and in professional sports, right? When we see a team lose a game, particularly when, look, right now every game is under the magnifying glass, right? Like every game has that added importance. When we see a team lose, the fingers quickly get pointed at the head coach because, oh, I don't think that player should be on the floor. That It's something obvious that stands out to us, right? Something obvious that stands out to us. And, and so it's easy to point at that and say, that's why it's the coach's fault because this guy was on the floor. I don't like this guy. I'd rather have that guy. Therefore the coach made, made a mistake. Whereas, you know, Hey, when you, I'm making this up, when Gabriel did a terrible job navigating off ball screens in this game, that might be the case. And maybe that causes you to lose, but it's much less obvious. It doesn't jump out uh, to us the, the same way. If Malik Beasley shoots three for 15 or something like that, or two for 15 or something, People will be losing their minds because that's obvious, because that's clear. Look, the shot goes up. Our, our eye follows that bouncing ball. The shot goes up. It doesn't go in. That player is having a bad shooting night. That's going to be a problem that people are going to address. Whereas, like I said, stuff happening off ball, which may end up mattering just as much, doesn't get noticed. So it's not that I'm saying that Darvin Ham was great in this game. I didn't think that he was. I have the same concerns about why would you not play Mo Bamba that a lot of people do. But I just want to point out that the coaches tend to be the one of the first things that gets pointed to. Coaching staff, shooting performances, those are the things that stand out the most. And so they're things that we we tend to um, target initially with our, with our frustration and in terms of uh, placing blame. William Joel said, feeling uneasy. Suns ended our postseason hopes in back-to-back -back years. Uh, you know they're going to do their best to push us back on Friday. They might. They might, but again, we don't have any confirmation that Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, uh, any of these guys, Devin Booker, are, are going to play. We don't know. They could bench everybody. They're locked into the four seed. The game does not matter for them. So we'll see what happens there. We've got, I mean, look, teams resting players is benefiting other clubs right now. For example, the Knicks are playing the Pelicans tonight, which you, you want the Knicks to win this game. No question. They're resting Jalen Brunson, right? I mean, this Julius Randle, he's not playing. He's been dealing with an ankle issue. But other teams that the Lakers are, are in competition with, particularly the Pelicans, have been benefiting from teams resting players against them. And then you look at the Lakers, like Colin Sexton hadn't played in ages, came back just to play against the Lakers and then went out again. Uh, we saw it with Alex Caruso, too, for Chicago. It's the way it goes. But it's also, to me, as annoyed as Lakers fans can get about at that, at how many players came back just to play the Lakers this season. Um, it's also, I think, a sign of respect in a way because it, or a sign of how good the Lakers have been that teams really want to still beat the Lakers. It says you're still relevant, right? Right? That's the way it goes. Dylan, it seems like every team has their best shooting night against the Lakers. Is that a product of our defense or just everyone getting up for LA? I think it's the latter. And it's also not factually correct. It feels that way. But the Lakers' defense has actually been been very, very good. So I don't think, you know, they've had one of the best defenses post-trade deadline of anybody in the NBA. So I don't think it's fair to say 
the Lakers uh, are, are consistently giving up good shooting nights. Now, of course, it's frustrating when you see like Norman, like Norman Powell was a great shooter, but you shouldn't see him going for 27 points and, you know, all of that type of thing. So you do get kind of those outlier performances and you knew the Clippers were going to be like up, up to play against this Lakers team. But the Lakers number three in defensive rating since the trade deadline. So it's not a situation where clubs are are shooting great against the Lakers. Like that's not, that's not a thing. Um, it, it just feels that way because, well, again, these games are under the magnifying glass. And so you want to win every single game. Every possession feels like it matters. And, and that in and of itself is fantastic, right? We're seeing meaningful basketball right now. Meaningful basketball. Uh, here we are where a year ago we weren't. But And so that's wonderful that we're talking about games that matter. But this idea that, oh, everybody shoots hot against the Lakers, it, it's not correct. In fact, I'm looking at the percentages right now. Uh, the Lakers, since the trade deadline, are holding opponents to the sixth lowest three-point percentage in the NBA. Now, the Pelicans are number one. That's part of the reason why they have, have surged. But the Lakers are 16-8 and eight since the trade deadline, and they're holding opponents to the sixth lowest three-point percentage in the league. So it's not a situation where teams are, are shooting great against the Lakers consistently. It just feels that way. Because, again, every game matters, every shot matters. And if the Lakers hold a team to a low shooting percentage, it doesn't stand out in our memories, right? Because we're expecting that. Hey, they got the win. Isn't that, that great? Um, we're kind of a, a, expecting that now. Whereas if a team shoots well, that really stands out. And we remember that because it hurts when that happens, when you lose. Jay Singh, honestly, we played well in the second half. But the first half could be blamed on back-to-back -back fatigue. Clippers were very well rested. Agreed. I think the rest factor was huge in this game, and it's unfortunate that that's how the schedule happened to, to fall. But now the Lakers are going to benefit from the schedule because they get the Suns on the second night of a back-to-back -back tonight. Josh said, this wasn't just being tired. Showed no heart for most of the game. LeBron had bad turnovers. We didn't play Bamba. Atrocious defense and no Beasley when he was on. Yeah, I mean, now we're complaining Beasley's not getting enough minutes, right? I mean, there's always something to point the finger at. Uh, I know there's going to be comments about Lonnie Walker. That's it's just it's the way it goes, right? Whenever they lose, we're going to look for things that oh they should have done this, should have done that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't know if they if I'll say they showed no heart. I will say the Clippers maybe treated that game with a little bit more intensity than the Lakers did, a little bit more urgency than the Lakers did. But again, when the Clippers were out there cutting and moving on the floor, you could see they had more pep in their step, which they should. They've been hanging out, relaxing for days. The Lakers played two games before the, the Clippers played their last game. So it was a quirk of the schedule, unfortunately. Uh, Hulk Smash said, why would the league schedule back-to-backs on the last week of the season? We look gassed. Horrible, horrible. It's mental now with the Clippers. I I hate back-to-backs on the road. I talked about this on our last show with, with Jeff Spiegel. It's my, one of my pet peeves in the NBA. It's something that I don't think should exist. If you're going to be on the road, you should not have to play back-to-back -back where you're traveling all night and then have to play another NBA game. That is a, a big, big ask of, of the NBA from teams, and I think it leads to lower quality basketball because of the fatigue factor. Um, I, I wish there was a way around it. I know logistically it's not easy, but back-to-backs, um, it's not great. It's not great, particularly back-to-backs on the road. Back-to-back -back at home, that's a little bit easier to kind of wrap your mind around. On the road, though, brutal, brutal. Uh, and 
it's mental now with the Clippers. It might be. I mean, that's 11 in a row. Maybe it's in the Lakers' heads a little bit. They need to overcome that. Absolutely, for sure. And and set things right in the universe. This shouldn't be happening. Put things right. Put things back in order. This is not the way things are supposed to be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Avant traders. Lakers need to go 2-0. and Warriors go one and one and we'll get the six seed. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, I think the Lakers can go two and oh. I don't think the Lakers, the Warriors will go one and one. I think they will win out. I, I believe they will. It matters for them to win out. And actually, there's a scenario here that I think is fairly likely where the Warriors win out. If the Pelicans drop a game somewhere, if they lose tonight to the Knicks, for example, the Clippers don't have to worry about tying with the Pelicans. And I think the Clippers, who play the Suns in the final game of the season, what they're going to do is they're going to tank like crazy the last game of the season, which would push the Warriors to five. The Suns would wind up in a, or the Clippers would wind up in a tie with the Lakers because the Warriors went out. The Warriors would wind up as the five seed and have to play the Suns in round one. The Clippers, if they tank their final game of the season, would drop below the Warriors. And then, because again, the Warriors can't tank because they have to stay ahead of the Lakers. If the Warriors lose a game, the Lakers tie them and can put the Warriors into the play-in. And the Clippers would stay at the sixth seed because of their tiebreaker with the Lakers. And the Clippers would get the Kings in round one and keep the Lakers in the seventh seed. That's what I think is going to happen here. But again, it's all hinging upon the Pelicans losing a game because if the Clippers wind up in a three-way tie with the Lakers and Pelicans, then things can get a little bit dicey there. But in any event, uh, today was third game in four nights coming from a road trip. It was a tough situation for the Lakers. It was. It's a difficult spot to be in. Does AD know how to play against a double team? He does. Do they do it quickly enough every single time? No. No. AD has seen double teams for years. But sometimes the Lakers don't counter quickly enough, don't recognize, and don't. You, you have to punish a team for their choices. And it's a quick recognition thing for AD to get that ball moving. And also the rest of the Lakers to recognize what's happening and put themselves in the right position to capitalize on that. Um, we see moments where they do it very well. And we see other moments where they don't. And some of that can be the defense, the way that they react to things. But if ideally, if AD is double teamed, say thank you and punish them for that choice. Punish the opponent for making that decision by moving the ball quickly and getting an open look from it. That's what you want to see. And I think the Lakers don't do that consistently enough, but there are moments where, where they can. So I certainly think that that's something we will see, especially when we get into the postseason and they have the ability to plan for a specific opponent. Um, I, I'm hoping to see a bit more crispness 
in that area. Jason, if there ever was a game to play Bamba, this was it. Agreed. 100%. Especially if you need to give AD or Bron some rest. Yeah, I was surprised when Wenyan Gabriel wasn't getting the job done that we didn't see Mo Bamba. I would expect to see him tonight against the Suns. Perhaps the Lakers just really said, hey, he's active, but only in a break glass in case of emergency situation because we want to give him another day or two to really get his legs under him. Maybe that, that was the case. I don't know, but I was also surprised and a bit dismayed when Wenyan was not big enough. The size factor was, was an issue uh, that you didn't turn to Mo Bamba. That was the whole point of, of getting Mo Bamba back was for those matchups where Wenyan just didn't have enough size, and I thought that was an issue uh, against the Clippers. Josh, love my Lakers. So proud to have a game like this to matter this late in the season despite our start. 11-game streak ends in the playoffs or next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when we take a step back and we look at everything, oh my goodness, folks, we couldn't ask for anything better than what we've seen out of the Lakers since the trade deadline. Things have not worked out any better than anyone could have dreamed given where they were. A 2-10 start, they're the 13th seed at the trade deadline, and now here they are. They have a chance to lock in the, the seven seed by winning out, maybe move up to six. Yeah, this has been fantastic. This has been fantastic. And I know if you live in this moment of they lost to the Clippers, that hurts, doesn't feel good. You say this was the big game, you needed to win it, and they didn't. That is all true, and I think it's okay for that game to hurt. But big picture, it's been a heck of a run here, that's for sure, that we've seen out of the Lakers. And it's got me excited, not just for the remainder of this season, but for what this team can be moving forward. Uh, Sammy said, who's the worst coach in NBA history? Why is it Darvin Scam? All right, I already addressed this, so I'm not going to rehash. But yes, Lakers fans are upset with Darvin Ham. Ricardo. Hi, guys. This this hurts even if a loss was expected. Do the Kings have a preference for their matchup? Would affect how hard they play versus the Warriors? They might. And that's where, if you're the Kings, if you really prefer to see the Lakers, then you do everything you can to beat the Warriors tonight. Because if you do that, then most likely you're going to see the Lakers. Well, if the Lakers win out, they have to beat the Suns, which isn't a given. Uh, and they also have to beat the Utah Jazz to finish out the season. But it makes it much more likely that they, if they beat the Warriors tonight, makes it much more likely that their first round matchup will be with the Lakers. If they lose to the Warriors tonight, it makes it more likely that their first round matchup will be with the Warriors or the Clippers if the scenario plays out that I that I broke down where the Clippers tank their final game of the season in order to move to six and avoid the Suns. So I think that even if they, if, if it's close, if I'm the Sacramento Kings, and I would love for this not to be the case but objectively if i'm the kings and it's anywhere close between the lakers and the uh, warriors in terms of my preference on which team i want to see i'm resting my guys tonight because why not uh, assuming that memphis is is beating the bucks reserves and you can't move up to two yeah i'm probably resting all my guys tonight because why wouldn't you um, now, if you do have a strong preference, you would much rather see the Lakers than the Warriors or the Clippers. Okay, then maybe you go all out and try to win. But to me, the most important thing is that you're healthy come playoff time, and that might mean resting, guys. So, M. Dread, if you don't have faith in Mo, who's our big? I mean, they stuck with AD and Wendy. And again, I, my hope is that it was an injury thing. They wanted to give Mo Bamba another day. Um, Victoria said, hey, Trevor, did you hear the commentary? 
uh, commentators call AD a horse when Plumlee almost jumped on his back. Uh, I did not hear that. I was at the sports bar at the Resorts World uh, Hilton uh, doing the game from there. I couldn't hear a lot of the commentary. We were over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Remember, we're going to be there tonight for the game against the Suns. Uh, we're there for every single game. We do our own stream of the game. You can watch the game directly with us. We hang out together. It is a lot of fun, but I was over on that, so I couldn't hear the commentators. Davion Nelson, Fox and Sabonis are sitting against Golden State, calling it, yeah, I, I think that is fairly likely. Ibrahim said, are you guys finally going to criticize AD, or is that just reserved for old man Braun when he has a bad game? At what point do you hold him to the same standard you hold LeBron? He's why we lost. That's, I'll be honest, that, that's a bizarre question. As though we hold Anthony Davis to a different standard than LeBron? Have we been picking on LeBron? Maybe I'm missing something. Um, have we been upset with LeBron? I mean, Anthony Davis has been criticized plenty. We've spent weeks and weeks and weeks talking about is it AD? Is it on him to be more aggressive? Is it on the coaching staff to get him the ball? Uh, essentially where we landed, where I landed, was it's a little bit of both. It's on AD to be more aggressive, to get the ball and say, I'm going because I'm better than you and I'm going to beat you. Beat you. I'm going to score over you. And it's on him to have that mentality every game. And it's also on the coaching staff to scheme things a bit better to get him the ball. We've talked all about that. We've also talked about LeBron when he's had an off shooting night. And I spent a bunch of time a show or two ago talking about how I'm not worried about LeBron shooting percentages about how we should expect him to need a little bit of time to recover and get his legs under him and how good he's been. So I I'm a bit confused. Maybe look, I, I will say this. Sometimes people hear what they want to hear. And this show is not set up like a hot take show. Look, Keith Smith and I over on the NBA front office show, we say, just hoops, no hot takes, right? We're not, I'm not going to be ranting and raving and, and screaming and having a, a shouting match with somebody else because that's not the kind of content that I enjoy. It's not the kind of content that I want to bring to you. But I also think there's instances where because that's become so prevalent, if we're not doing that, the assumption is that we are letting players slide and that we're not being critical enough of them. No, if a, if a player has a bad game, I'm going to say they had a bad game and here's why. And if they had a good game, I'm going to say they have a good game. Uh, I, I don't try to change the standard or whatever that we hold the two different superstars to. So that that's why I'm a little bit surprised by, by this comment here. We've certainly spent time calling out LeBron. Now, have I been, uh, we, we've had moments before where we've criticized LeBron for his turnovers. We've had moments where we've criticized Anthony Davis for his aggressiveness. Now, am I screaming from the mountaintops and trade AD? This is why he's not a 1A guy. This is this is ridiculous and he needs to get moved immediately and he can't stay healthy and come up with nicknames for him and all that. No, because that's not what we do. And if that's what you're expecting and by not doing that, you're seeing that as not criticizing Anthony Davis, well, you're watching the wrong show. You watch, go watch first take. That's that's not that's just not what we what we do here. But um, so I'm I'm a bit confused by the question. But yeah, look, we I, I think that we've done a solid job of trying to uh, just call it like it is. Victoria, glad everyone played hard. Let's go Lakers. All right, some optimism there. I cook too. Said y'all got to stop. You know it's on him. His rotations terrible. 
Uh, we went on runs and he killed the momentum. You know, there is something to that. Um, there's, you know, there's some reason to be frustrated with his substitution patterns. And I've got another comment on that coming up in, in just a moment here. But if you're going to criticize Darvin Ham of, of anything, and I think there's a few areas where criticism is very justified for him, but I think not being flexible enough mid-game can be one of them. And I believe he's gotten better. I believe he's gotten better uh, at this. So when I look at what Darvin Ham has done, I, there's moments where it feels like he just sticks to the script. You know what I mean? Before the game, I planned on player A comes in at this time, player B goes out, player C is going to do this. And next thing you know, player B is having a, a great shooting night and is, and is on a hot streak and you pull him out rather than being flexible and saying, well, okay, this guy's got it going. Let's leave him in and try to ride the hot hand for a few more minutes before we make the substitution. I think we don't see that enough out of Darwin, that kind of mid-game flexibility. But I'll also say I think it's gotten better from early on in the season, which is what you would expect for a, a rookie head coach. But I agree, that can be frustrating when you see you're, you've got momentum, you're on a run, and uh-oh, here comes subs. All right, Mike E said, Beasley was three for four. If they don't let him shoot, they won't know if he's going to heat up, and they could have used him. Yeah, I was a bit surprised we didn't see more Malik Beasley in, in that game, especially when it felt like he he did kind of have it going. But And again, that's maybe where you can point to a lack of flexibility uh, for Darvin Ham. But it, it is funny, you know, two games ago, we were talking about how Beasley got too many minutes, and now here in this one, it's he didn't get enough. But there is something to that as well, right? Because Beasley is the guy that, if he's shooting well, he can shoot you into games, but he can also shoot you out of games if he's not shooting well. So it's something where if you feel like he's hot, you should probably feed him more minutes. And if you don't, that's where you scale those minutes back. And that requires mid-game flexibility. Sammy, Lakers starting five versus Suns starting five. Who is guarding who on the Lakers defense? Okay, so the Suns starting five, uh, from the, the bottom to the top, big to small, we're going DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, that's a, a matchup with AD. There's no question there. Kevin Durant, I am the question. That's that's where the questions really start, right? So Kevin Durant, Josh and Koji, and you've got Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So the question really becomes, do you want uh, Vando to defend Devin Booker or do you want Vando to defend Kevin Durant? I think it's a it's a question mark either way. It's a it's a challenge either way. I think most likely you've got Vando and Kevin Durant. I think Vando has a better shot of stopping Devin Booker, or I'm not going to say stop, slowing down Devin Booker than he does Kevin Durant. Vando, I think Kevin Durant is going to score on, on Jared Vanderbilt. I think he's going to shoot over him quite a bit. Um, that said, Vando may also be the best option to defend Durant. But again, I, I believe Vando would be most effective on Devin Booker. Given the domino effect across the roster, though, because essentially if I say Bando is guarding Devin Booker, well, I can't hide LeBron on Josh Koji because LeBron's bigger. I probably need him defending Durant, and I don't know if I want him doing that. So I would go Jared Vanderbilt on Durant to start the game. I'm putting uh, LeBron on Josh Koji, so we're basically just playing this straight up. That would put Austin Reeves onto... Um, either Chris Paul or Devin Booker, and then D'Angelo Russell would get the other guy. And you could make an argument either way there. But I'm basically starting it straight up. 
And then if Devin Booker really has it going, maybe at some point in the game, I do make that switch and I move LeBron onto Durant and Vando onto Devin Booker. And I hope that LeBron can really step things up defensively. I just don't know if I want to start a game that way and ask him to have the defensive responsibility on Kevin Durant for most of the game. But I do think that's probably, if you really need a stop, let's say it's the end of the game and you have to have a stop and you've got your starters on the floor, that's my matchup. I'm going LeBron on Durant. I'm going with Vando on Devin Booker, which would put either Austin, probably go Austin on Chris Paul and would put uh, D'Angelo Russell on Josh Okoji in that situation. Eddie said, when will constant losing to the Clippers slash rival equate to getting fired? This is embarrassing. I mean, for two years, the Lakers, look, you could say they should have won a game in there somewhere. But for three games this season and four games last season, so that's seven games, the Lakers didn't have a team. You didn't have a team that was really capable of winning games. Um, it's just now that you can say the Lakers have a roster where uh, a win over the Clippers is is realistic. And you can say, yeah, you, look, 11 in a row, you, you should have at least stolen a game or two in there over the last seven or the previous season, you should have at least won a game or two. And that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. There's nothing wrong about that, but I'll say if we're going to, it's not like the Lakers have the better team and should be winning until now. I think now you can argue the Lakers are on an even footing and this game just came down to, I think fatigue was a big, big factor in this one. In, in addition to outlier shooting performances by the Clippers, which is why I said going in that you can't have, you couldn't have a random Clippers role player blowing up. And that's exactly what Norman Powell did. And again, he's a, a fantastic player, but he's not going to drop 27 points every night or shoot the way that he did every single night. Uh, but that's also what happens when you've got a team that's road weary and is playing the second night of a back-to-back -back after an overtime game, going up against a team that's been sitting at home for four days would do, having nothing to do but playing specifically for that game. That's the way that tends to go. I Cook too said, even with the Powell situation, LeBron was guarding Kawhi. Um, why was Vando sitting on the bench when Powell was cooking? Beasley hit shots. The man sits him. He's a terrible coach. Yeah, I mean, Vando, the challenge is, is, is Powell quick enough to where he gives Vando some problems there? Maybe, maybe not. But I agree. I, I think that, that Darvinham could have done things very differently um, in order to win this game and maybe should have reacted to the threat of Norman Powell a little bit quicker. Should have been focusing a bit more on him. But perhaps Vando, he was wanting to rest him to deal with, uh, to deal with Kawhi Leonard a bit more, to have him on Kawhi. But if LeBron is guarding Kawhi and Powell has it going, that's where you want a little bit of flexibility to say, okay, Vando, go help us out on Norman Powell and see if we can get some stops there. Marcus can't win a single arguably must win game against the Clippers. There's no way we're winning 16 games this postseason. Future is looking bleak. I can't disagree more than that. Cause you're, you're look, if the Lakers had four days off and nothing to do, but game plan for the Clippers and the Clippers have four days off and nothing to do, but game plan for the Lakers and the Lakers lose that game. Sure. You can say, how do you drop that game? But I think the context is important here. Unfortunately, look, the Lakers went for it and the hope was that LeBron and AD and D'Lo, these guys playing would be enough to win this game for them. And unfortunately, it was not. It, it just wasn't. The fatigue factor was, was bigger. And I think that's what ultimately, I don't want to say it was everything, 
because some of this you absolutely have to put on the Lakers, some of that you put on the coaching staff, but that was big in this game. I don't think you can look at if you again, if you take a step back, you can't look at the way the Lakers have played with their new team, because this very much is a new team, and say, this is bleak, and you're not winning 16 games in the postseason. You're taking one game, and you're letting the disappointment of that one game bleed through into what's been a very, very successful run here post-trade deadline. I don't think that's the way to approach this. Victoria, Beasley had it going in the first half, but didn't see much of him in the second half. Yep, because that was kind of that's been the game plan lately, has been Beasley plays more first half minutes, but not second half, and that's showing a lack of flexibility because once Beasley has it going, shouldn't you feed him more minutes? Eddie, what will the roster look like next year? D'Lo back. So Daniel Starkand and I, we did a full breakdown that I'm going to publish tomorrow of the Lakers options this summer. Uh, we did that from the Blue Wire studio. So I'm going to put that out tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. It, we, we spent about 30, 35 minutes going over the entire thing, what it's all going to look like. Uh, Afreem said, LeBron, D'Lo, Troy, Beasley, Moe, great spacing for Braun. That is great spacing. I do worry, a well, yeah, you've still got some rebounding in there. But yes, that's probably your all spacing lineup. That's If you just want spacing, that's it. Miles should have kept Jay Huff, G League Defensive Player of the Year. You're preaching to the choir. I was singing Jay Huff's praises all season long, was hoping the Lakers would call him up. Unfortunately, they did not. And now he's no longer with the Lakers. Reflex. Darvin Ham is just a fan. He should have played Wenyon and Mo together once AD sat out. You know, that's not a bad idea. You could play those guys side by side. I didn't like seeing Wenyon taking threes in this game. That's and that suggests that that shot would have been there for Mo Bamba, which is more his shot. So, yes, I understand the frustration there. Uh, Tibbs, thoughts on Beasley? Teammates no longer seem to look for him when he's open, even after his hot start. Uh, still fingers crossed for sixth. Warriors away and Suns locked in fourth. Yeah, it's going to come down to Sacramento. I ironically, the Lakers need the Kings to help them out. All right. I'm going to pause for just a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is GameTime, GameTime.co. You can also check out their app. Uh, if you've ever had a time when you've been stressed out about buying tickets, which this is me, whenever I'm buying tickets to an event, I'm always comparing prices, and I feel like I have a hard time comparing apples to apples and knowing I'm getting a good deal. For some of them, you don't know what the true fee is until you get all the way through the process and you're entering your credit card number, and other ones you have a better sense early on what the final price is, but that makes it hard to really compare the price and know that you're getting the best deal. And it's very, very time consuming and very frustrating to go through. You click through so many different things and then, and you think you've got a great deal and then you get to the end and you go, Oh, whoa, wait, there's all this stuff that's added in. And next thing you know, I don't have a, a great deal. I don't have the deal that I thought I did. Well, Game time can be a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And it takes the stress away uh, because they do have a best price guarantee. So you don't have to do what, what I typically do and stress out over finding the best deal because of their best price guarantee. You know you're getting the best deal. Uh, you browse through the Game Time app and you can find all different kinds of events, all different kinds of, of experiences coming up that you can go and watch and you can get some incredible last minute deals. They do have an easy way to buy tickets for every kind of event. You, you get images of your seat view so you know exactly what it is that you're buying. And once again, they have the lowest price guarantee. 
They even have event cancellation protection and job loss protection, uh, which is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. In fact, this is amazing. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. 110%. That means that if the game time app does not give you the best price, this is how confident they are that you're going to get the best price. If it's not the best price, they pay you. They give you all your money back and then some. That's absolutely incredible. Again, that's the game time guarantee. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And you can get your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are all set. The tickets get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email. Snag tickets without stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, an account and use the code LakersNation for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Lakers Nation for $20 off. Download, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Mr. DC Fitted said, Trevor, I love you, bro, your channel, etc. It's time to talk ham. Well, we have talked about the ham quite a bit. He also says, it's coaching, bro. He's forcing it. Malik, it's not working. And Malik Beasley actually shot pretty well um, against the Clippers. So uh, the Lakers, they ultimately, they need a sniper like Beasley and they need Beasley just shooting at a, at a high level. They need him to be able to come in and knock in threes. And hopefully that confidence will grow and come back uh, at the right time because well, the time is now Victor said Dilo needs to play better and more consistent. He has been kind of unreliable for the supposed third star. I think is he, is he a star? Cause I thought that the roster build that the Lakers have now is not a big three. Now, D'Angelo Russell is a, a one-time all-star. So in that sense, I guess he's a, a star, but he's not. It, it's, I don't think you're going to see, you know, LeBron and AD are out, so D'Angelo Russell is going to carry the day. I don't think you're going to see that very often. He might have some good games, but D'Lo was closer to being a high-level role player than, it is being, than he is being a star. Now, he's the biggest name. He might be the biggest contract, and you, so you can say he should be doing the, the heavy lifting, but I, I would stop at calling him a, a star. I don't think he is a third star. I don't think the Lakers have a big three right now. That's not the model of the, the current roster build. Uh, to be honest, uh, not about overall. It's more about fresh legs to give the guys a break. Uh, Max, Lonnie, and Mo aren't bad and would have been able to spell someone. You know, I think that is – we've spent a lot of time talking about, well, are you a Lonnie Walker away – from winning this game are you a mo bamba away from winning this game probably not are those guys realistically making that big of a difference but i think this is actually a good point and max christie as well if your legs are that heavy mo max and lonnie haven't played a lot so if the problem is that you've got heavy legs could it have actually helped to put in players who don't have heavy legs because they haven't been playing much lately uh we see this in soccer quite a bit where you just put in a guy who's got fresh legs, and even if they aren't as talented as the guy they're replacing, they can have a bigger impact because they have those fresh legs. So there's something to that where if your big problem is you're playing on heavy legs, you're fatigued, putting in a guy who doesn't have that problem 
even if they aren't quite as talented as the guy ahead of them, it, the net could be a positive by, by going that route. Eddie, love Magic, but him picking Lonzo over Tatum and getting rid of Zubats, still can't get over that. Well, Magic was not the only one saying Lonzo over Tatum. That was pretty common around the NBA. There were a few people who said take Tatum. Um, Sam Vecini uh, came on the, the Lakers Nation podcast, and I vividly remember him uh, talking about why the Lakers should take Tatum and not Lonzo. But Lonzo was the consensus pick there. That said, the Zubats deal, the Zubats deal it was bad the second it came out. We knew instantly that that was just a bad trade. Um, it was rough. It was rough. Jordan, props to LeBron picking up Kawhi, sometimes full court, also went at him on offense. I think that's that's a positive to take out of the game is that LeBron is looking better and better in terms of his energy levels, particularly in the second half. He was a bit shaky in the first half, but we're seeing him get closer and closer to form. Will the Kings play their starters against Golden State? Uh, they've got everybody listed as questionable, so I would not count on that. Take five with Ty. Ty Lue knows how to coach against us. 0-11 tells us everything I need to know. They'll continue to beat us while we continue to get rings. LOL. Well, I, look, the Clippers can be undefeated against the Lakers if the Lakers are winning championships, and I do not care if that's the case. If the Lakers are winning championships and the Clippers are winning regular season games, have those regular, regular season games. Put a, put a banner right? Put a summer league banner, right? A regular season banner up in, in your rafters. But um, yeah, um, if, if it means the Lakers are winning championships, could not care in the, in the slightest. Zoran, if we're the seventh seed and win the first play-in game, don't we still get a week off? Well, you get a few days off because the second round of the play-in has to take place. But it's not like if you're the sixth seed and you don't even have to deal with anything while the play-in is, is going on and you just get to rest. So you do still get a few days off. But yeah, I think if the Lakers do wind up in the seventh seed, you it would be nice to just win that first game, be the seventh seed, and lock that in, and then have at least a few days before the playoffs start. Uh, Avant Traders, prefer the Lakers to play the Wolves or Pels and play in. I would rather play the Pelicans. Um, that being said, I, if Zion is back, maybe that swings things. But the latest report doesn't sound all that positive that he will be back. Maddie James, as much as I'm upset with the loss, I saw this coming after the game against the Jazz and the Clippers being well-rested coming into the game. Yeah, I said that uh, in the postgame after the Lakers beat the Jazz when it went to overtime, um, that my fear was that winning that game, while you needed to win that game, that the fact that that game was, you had to exert as much energy as you did to win that game, that effectively that game cost you the Clippers game. And that's unfortunate. Again, you were up 10 with a minute 40 to play. That should not have happened. Alton, I hate how Ham sticks to rotations, no matter how well the team is playing. Uh, I won't rehash because we went over that, but yes, I, I agree. That can be frustrating. And Trevor Lane Stan said, Reeves and Powell have similarities in their game. To a degree, Powell, based on the eye test to me, is, is more athletic, is certainly better at getting to the free throw line. My goodness, the Lakers could not keep him off the free throw line. I did think he got the benefit of a a favorable whistle in that game. He's very, very good at flailing his arms out and acting like he got fouled, but it worked. Uh, he got to the line. Some similarities, but I mean, Powell is, I think, much better. I don't think there's any question about that. All right. That's going to wrap things up for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Make sure you come join us over on Playback tonight for Lakers versus Suns. Uh, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Hopefully the Lakers can get the win. 
and move on from there and at least lock up that seventh seed. Until next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.